Happy anniversary. How many years, man? Uh, we're going to be hitting five years. Aww. That's and nice. Haven't hit the seven-year itch yet, then. <laughs> the what? Seven-year itch. What is that? Oh, my God. Seven years is the the the... The average year in which marriages end. So, like, if if you're going to get a divorce, you're probably going to do it in your seventh year. And the seven-year itch is, the seventh year is when you become, like, most sick of them if you're not going to be there. Like, it's the itch to go somewhere else. That's that's where the term okay. seven-year itch came yeah. from. It is the most, most average, the, the – I don't want to say most average. That doesn't make sense. But the, the most – uh, it has the most, yeah, the most common divorce year for marriages. Like I've to never. make it, th- to make it through your seventh year is a real accomplishment. Yeah. I've never heard that before. I mean, honestly, if she deal with me, like waking her up in the middle of the night with like, ripping ass and shit like that, I think we're, we're good. Right. <laughs> right. And I, I, yeah, I got her gift. And I, I can't talk about it yet because she's going to listen to this episode. Of course. And of course. She, I, 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 and you never know whole, which one I'm going to cut in. Yeah, yeah, it was a it was an entire saga. It was an entire <laughs> saga, basically. And uh, well, if this makes it into the episode, you got we'll have to tune back for the saga of the anniversary <laughs> present. It was. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was a whole ass thing. And uh, I was so frustrated the entire time. (laughs) (laughs) Time to get your fix. It's a horrible gaming podcast. It's not good. It's not great. Horrible gaming podcast. It's not even what you would call fair. It's really not that good. Horrible Gaming Podcast. Hello, my name is Zachariah with Old Man Gaming. You have decided for whatever reason to tune into another Horrible Gaming Podcast. I'm not alone. Mostly I am never alone. With me is... <coughs> Neil, a.k.a. a tiny wizard. <coughs> <laughs> Sounding like complete and total ass. Fight, fighting a cold. Fighting a cold, it sounds yeah. like. Uh, so, yeah, and I'm fighting exhaustion, so this is going to be a real high-energy podcast, everybody. Um, so, so yeah, you guys have decided to, but before we get into the show today, uh, we have some people to thank, number one. Uh, you're seeing our faces. Uh, this is a regular thing now, if you're watching this on YouTube. So uh, the fancy graphic behind our faces was provided by Mr. Mark Bell. We thank him for that. And, of course, the theme song for this show and all of the shows here at OMGW uh, is provided by the there Miller Mix Music. There it is. It's been so long. <laughs> Did I flub it? I flubbed it? Yeah. And they're like, what I'm the fuck is OMGW? Sinking. That's more than two weeks old. There's no way we know what that is anymore. Uh, it's the Internet. It's gone from our brains. Uh, So, okay. Uh, The man who makes the music is my brother, Nick Van Siders. We thank him for that. All right. Horrible Gaming Podcast. That brings us to our first segment, our most important segment, that is fan traction. That is where we, the co-hosts, speak directly to you guys, the fans. 
we read out your comments in all the places we find them, we talk about them, we riff about them, all that fun stuff. Uh, we only had two comments this week. Totally okay. You guys have lives. I get it. Uh, if you do want to talk to us, feel free to comment below on this show or any of the shows further, and we will read your comments out, negative or positive they may be. Uh, of course, our, our buddy, William Houghton, high, exclamation point, live for that high. Uh, Zach be like, sorry for being whiny. After all, I just passed out in a car accident on, on the day we were going on vacation. And after all, my wife had many bruises. Dude, it was fine. You could have been, you could have been a lot more whiny and still be fine. Glad to hear you enjoyed your vacation after all. He then continues, three new Kingdom Hearts games. What about making just one, but making it actually good? Guess it's too much of a wild idea for modern gaming. Those purchases expiring sucks, speaking specifically on PlayStation screwing people over with backwards compatibility. And it is tied to modern gaming. Nowadays, you don't buy a game. You just buy the license to play a game. And it can be revoked whenever for whatever. Even when you buy physical, you often need a day one patch or other sketchy stuff so it can be made unplayable. Ugh. Then he continues, Zach... I won't debate Jurassic Park on a gaming podcast. Also, Zach, after hearing about Neil's photo shoot, fuck gaming. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag bring back Red Dead Online. Amen to uh, everything you said there, Will. uh, We agree with you. Um, Look, I'm not going to lie. I enjoy the convenience of digital gaming. I enjoy Game Pass. Uh, it It gives you a level of convenience that's really nice. But that's a trade-off. It's a trade-off, and the trade-off is your ability to own these games forever. Personally, I think what PlayStation is doing here is nefarious and, and really rotten. It's one thing to close down a store and make the games unpurchasable, but to take away a game that somebody's purchased with a license just to force them to buy things again... I think is deplorable. So uh, that's that's my hot take on it. We talked about it last time. Uh, I don't think they can make a good Kingdom Hearts games. Just saying. <laughs> Just saying. I, I, I think they're well beyond the point where they could make a good one. <laughs> I just as as somebody who's been a longtime fan. Oh, um, you poor poor man. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I I would say at this point you definitely need a restart, like a complete like push the button, restart everything, just assume everybody's coming in fresh, you know, they're starting a new saga, however many, you know, games that winds up being. If they just push the nuke button, say, hey, this stuff that happened is canon, but you don't need to rely on that stuff to move forward, because at this point, let's be real, they're really just selling these games to the people who bought all the other ones. Yeah, you're well, not that's exactly right. The the people like they put out an entire game collection for those <laughs> for well, those who wanted to play three because right. like you needed all that information. There's so much you need to know well, to this, go into that. This speaks to a larger <laughs> problem that I've brought up before on I, our I, show, yeah. and that is, you know. The franchises you have a you have a five to ten year development cycle on a lot of these games, uh, and you're in the fifth or sixth series. The people who are seeing these games they weren't alive when the first one came out. The 
Elder Scrolls Arena? None of these people were alive for that game. And we're talking about Elder Scrolls 6. Now, of course, Elder Scrolls is special because the canon kind of is its own thing. Like, you can play each game by itself. But, like, Halo, Halo 6, Halo Infinite, that's so far removed from, like, where where you were. There, there have been people who have been born and are now able to drink alcohol that... All of that happened after the first Halo came out, and I think that that kind of stuff, like, uh, um, you get into a real sticky spot with these franchises. I know that the 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 companies want that like guaranteed payday, but the guarantee of the payday is dwindling because the people who love that game are getting older, and the people who are coming into gaming. Or like, and they're on the way out, you know. And the the people coming into gaming don't know your franchise, and they're not willing to go back and play five games, find them on random different systems and stuff, uh, just to play them. I think a restart is required for something like that, and I think that they should do something completely different with that game. Honestly, stop rehashing it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, moving on, we only have one other comment, and that was Asylum 66. He actually answered our question. Oddly enough, I randomly started playing Joe and Mac. Love the sound effects in that game. That's old school, Asylum. That's old school uh, caveman platformer from, I think, Super Nintendo, if I'm recalling correctly. Yeah, I actually think I have the cart upstairs. Well, the game itself is on the Switch, is in the Switch Arcade. Oh, it is in the Switch Arcade because Stella has actually played that one. But yeah, those are fun games. Uh, I didn't have an old one I got back into when Neil asked the question, but now that he's asked the question, I have to say No Man's Sky because in the last week they surprise dropped an amazing new update. And uh, I did a review for it. I kept calling the game four years old. Do you realize that that game is actually eight years old? Uh, yeah. Cause eight years. I- if I remember correctly, uh, it came out when uh, when we were still living down in Kentucky, which was a while back. 2016 is when No Man's Sky came out. We are eight years in, and they are still releasing quality updates and content. You know, I don't even know that No Man's Sky was ever really intended to be a games-as-service, but any games-as-service person out there... Nice pause. Nice pause. I saw that. Uh, yeah. Nice pause. Sorry. Nice <laughs> Sorry. Pause. I'm. I'm. Yes. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Uh, I. I gotta say. Uh, and we're we're gonna actually talk about it more in our talking points since it was a slow work uh, news week. But eight years of content for that game. That game's still making money for them, and all the content updates that they've produced have been free. Uh, they've been free to every consumer. This is how every game's a service should literally take pages out of No Man's Sky's book. And it blows me away because that game was never really meant to be a game's a service as far as I'm concerned. And it, it literally sets the bar, in my opinion, of like what a game's a service game could be, which is literally a game that never dies, that just keeps on going and giving you new, fresh, awesome stuff. Yeah, um, you the, talk now. That <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you want input. Sometimes we just roll along. Uh, I get it. I get it. Well, I, get I mean, it. I think, I think. Uh, I mean, I guess what I was gonna say. We only had the two comments, so I figure we could expound a little bit. Yeah, I mean, what I was gonna say was gonna end up 
uh, leaning more so into like the actual meat of our conversation. All right. Well, then let's hold off. Let's switch over to our talking point. I do want to ask a question. The question I held off for for last yeah. week, just to see if I can uh. drum some more stuff up. Look, we've got one successful video game movie on the books. I don't particularly like the idea of video game movies. That being said, in my infinite hypocrisy, I loved Sonic 2. So, my question to you guys out there, what game out there would make a good movie? Like, we'll give our ideas next week as well in the fan traction, but what game out there do you think would be perfect to be translated into the movie? Would you like to see on the screen? You know, that kind of thing. That's what I want. I want to hear from you guys. What can do what Sonic did and actually be a quality video game movie? So we're going to take a break. We'll be back with our talking point, uh, which we're just going to discuss procedurally generated games today because I love procedural generation. The No Man's Sky came out. I'm just excited about it. And there hasn't been a lot in the news. So we'll be back in one second. Horrible Gaming Podcast. All right, so that brings us to our first talking point. Uh, well, our only talking point. I don't know why I always say first holdover, old habit, but we, we didn't have a big news week. There wasn't anything huge going on, which is totally fine with me, because usually when we have a big news week, it makes me very sad and cranky. Uh, so basically, I'm just sad and cranky because of just normal life. Um, normal but, sad and cranky. Right. Uh, but that being said, uh, one thing did hit, in my opinion, at the perfect time because it was a slow news week, we got another huge update for No Man's Sky. We talked about it in fan traction. They added this huge, huge update for, they redid spaceship combat. They added a bunch of features where you can actually employ a squadron of fighters with you. Uh, they actually, they added pirates and pirate-owned uh, 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 systems where you can go and like smuggle shit back and forth into regulated systems, forged passports, bounties, all sorts of crazy like pirate friendly stuff. Uh, they added a new ship. They added a bunch of other stuff. And uh, and and look, <laughs> subtle plug. My review for this update has already come out. If you're watching this on YouTube or listening to this, uh, so go check that out. Uh, but No Man's Sky, as we talked about, eight years old. But the thing about No Man's Sky is its procedural generation at its absolute best, in my opinion. And I love procedural generation. It's one of my favorite advances in gaming. It's one of the things that's made me so excited about gaming. It gets me excited. When I hear the words for a game, I get excited for that game just in general. Uh, so I just, I just thought we could discuss... Some procedural generation wins, maybe some procedural generation losses. Uh, kind of decide where we want to see procedural generation go. Just procedural generation as a system, because it's just it's just a great, in my opinion, a great interesting system that we can do in this era. And just to, before we get into it, just for the 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 idiot's guide to procedural generation, what procedural generation is? If you are not a gamer or a heavy gamer, basically it's it's when the game itself randomly generate something based on a certain set of rules that's already in place. So like the the developers say, hey, you can generate a character that is X, 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 and then the game picks one randomly in the moment and then factors those through with a couple other things and then that's what it puts out. So procedural generation is it's generation based on a procedure that is already implemented by the developer. 
Uh, so yeah, so you've seen it in a lot of games. State of K2, obviously No Man's Sky procedurally generates all of its solar systems, uh, all of its animals. Shit, literally everything you see is procedurally generated from ground up. Uh, more famous, your roguelike dungeons crawlers uh, and roguelike games are mostly all procedurally generated as well. Um, so yeah, that's what procedural generation is as a whole. Um, I'm for it as a whole, but, uh, I want to give Neil a chance to talk before we get into it. Where do you want to start? Uh, well, <clears throat> we've, we've kind of had conversation about procedural generation before. Mm -hmm. I'm not as high up on the I know. charts as you We're are. We're probably going to argue it. a little bit. Yes. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> probably. Now, I will agree, though, uh, that No Man's Sky is a good example of procedural generation because yeah. the game itself like it's all in how you use that procedural generation is what what makes or breaks it yeah so with no man's sky something that is basically unknowable like the infinite vastness of space completely unknowable so Sure, throw a bunch of random rule sets together and see what you get, and that's it. You know, you discover a planet, that's it. Um, something like that works out pretty well. Uh, ones that I would say, like, one that might not work as well, in my opinion, it, like, kind of works, but not necessarily so much. Borderlands 3, especially. Their generation of guns. Because mm. that gets a little iffy sometimes. It does, <clears throat> and actually, Phil Billy would have uh, a problems with that too. But yeah, like if you have an entire game based around procedural generation, it's not inherently bad, but it's not necessarily my personal cup of tea. Well, um, and we have discussed this before. You are a person yeah. who tends to enjoy a narrative. Uh, I like I like thing. a handcrafted experience. And I want somebody having a vision for what it is that they want on you know my screen, as opposed to, well, we can just have these certain possibilities occur and roll with it because it fits in a situation. I I don't understand that. And and this is not this is not Neil's gonna be fighting with his chair, ladies and gentlemen. You just gotta have to use it. It's gonna be happening until I can scrounge six hundred fucking dollars is, for a new one. This the way I'm gonna respond to you is gonna sound like I'm personally attacking your your preference. I don't mean it that way, but just watch movies. Like to me to me, what's so special about gaming is the fact that the experience can be inherently unique to the consumer of the content. You have no other art form that is like that. I mean, not really. I mean, look, you can take different meanings from a picture or a poem or a story or even a movie, but you're taking those different meanings. The thing itself isn't inherently unique to each watcher, to each enjoyer of that thing. Whereas gaming actually has that ability to when you sit down and play... I mean, let's use No Man's Sky as an example right now, mainly because No Man's Sky is 100% procedurally generated. I think it's one of the only games that can actually boast that. Literally, every character, every ship, every plant, every planet, it is all procedurally generated in the moment. Uh, when you sit down and play that game, you are having an inherently unique experience specific to you and you alone. 
I will, I will give up that some of the narration, the 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 story parts of No Man's Sky is probably the weakest. And I would, I would actually argue in your favor that that is because they went so heavy into the procedural generation. But I want to switch gears a little bit. I don't want to only talk about No Man's Sky because there's a game out there that you still need to try, I think, and that's Wildermyth. Wildermyth actually uses procedural generation to procedurally generate the story. So the story itself feels like a handcrafted narrative game, but it is specific to you. You are enjoying the story elements that only you get to enjoy in the order that you enjoy them, with the characters that you enjoy them. That kind of thing is a real win. That, that for me, Wildermyth is a huge breakthrough on the narrative edge of procedural generation. But again, I know our preferences are going are gonna to be a little bit different here. I know you want more of a handcrafted experience, and, and I like the unique randomness that gaming can offer. Uh, nonetheless, there are certain moments where procedural generation really wins, too, for even narrative things. I think Watch Dogs Legion had a great narrative start to finish, and I think it had that narrative even though you had procedurally generated characters. And that, I think, is a perfect example of when you marry a handcrafted narrative with the right amount of procedural generation because you had those completely unique characters. Your experience was unique even though the story was relative, was the same to whoever and just whatever characters you used is whatever characters you used. Uh, yeah, there, there's definitely like... If it, it goes back to that whole, like, if it is implemented properly. So like you said there, like with something like that, you know, the story focuses around like people as a whole, not necessarily an individual per se. So right. it, that, that definitely 100% works there. Um, if they were, if anybody were to make a game like the first thing that just popped into my mind randomly was like, let's make a procedurally generated platformer. <laughs> uh, I don't know. No. I mean, they did that with Splunky. Splunky's procedurally generated platformer. Yeah, I mean, at the same time, And it works, too, from what uh, I hear. It, it's not my cup of tea, but it yeah, works. It, it works to some degree, but like... I've again, like I played that too, and it's frustrating. It's very frustrating. Um, there is, uh, I believe, uh, uh, Stardew Valley has some elements of procedural generation. I think so when too. It comes to like the so layout too. of like your farm, where mm -hmm. things are, and then there's the whole uh, the dungeon crawling part of that game. Mm -hmm. um, that's also procedurally generated. Like yeah. that sort of stuff is fine. Like you had mentioned, like roguelites and stuff. Yeah. Well, they roguelites aren't really one hundred percent my bag. It works in that genre, right? Because right. Because you go through, like you know, you go through a random dungeon. It's run based, so you know that's where you get your replayability. Mm -hmm. I I mean, when's a moment when procedural generation really has worked for you specifically as a player? I mean, even though I just got done bitching about it a minute ago, uh, <laughs> the our the hypocrisy border, knows no bounds. I, knows no bounds. Uh, so it was on the cusp. Let let's walk both sides of this line and okay. say it was on the cusp of working really well with Borderlands. Yeah, but 
you know, some of the weapons that you get, the drops on them, they're supposed to scale, like, based off of your leveling whenever, you know, your higher levels, better, you know, mm -hmm. tiered stuff drops, and, you know, you have your scores and everything on them. But at the same time, some stuff just doesn't feel right. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's hard to really put a finger on it. Like, well, sometimes the... you'll, get a, you'll get, like, a shotgun yeah. that does, like, 17 by 8. Like, okay, sure, you know, if you hit with all of those, you'll do a decent amount of damage. But at the same time, something that's, you know, rated for a higher damage output because it fires slower, gets a lower score, mm -hmm. some of that comes down to, like, personal preference. And I get that. But at the same time, like, there's still just an element to that generation of those weapons that doesn't feel great. And what I do want to kind of mention, too, because this is something that I've kind of wanted from, like, Borderlands anyway. If you're going to procedurally generate the weapons, why can you not mix and match pieces? I I agree with this. I agree with so, this. And I want to, like, zoom that to procedural generation as a whole mm -hmm. like i feel like i would be a bit more open to it if it was like okay so here's your randomly generated thing yeah now with this canvas make it your own yeah that is that that there is it's what i i feel like you like about it but like i feel like doesn't go far enough for me if that makes sense I mean, it depends on the on the situation. I think with procedural generation, it is what I like about it. I do. That is the thing that I enjoy. That that like, here's a random thing. You know, now what are you? How are you gonna use that thing? How are you gonna play with that thing? Uh, with Borderlands, I do also want to just because I think Phil Billy would get upset if I didn't. One of the biggest problems with the Borderlands procedural generation is that the loot system was so messed up that getting the gun was hard enough and then it would procedurally generate all the effects on it and mm -hmm. you'd need a certain specific effects to work with the build that they're building. Uh, I think maybe parts where you could mix and match the, some of those effects would actually help a lot with that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, I do agree with you on that. I did ask the question when you thought procedurally generated procedural yeah. generation worked for you and you ended up <laughs> saying when it didn't, but that's yeah. fair. But... I think that because it kind of really speaks to at least me personally, like, like you kind of said, like I don't really go for that sort of stuff. The, that's fair. Most of the, the, like the instances that I've come across outside of, like I said, no man's sky works. It works very well for no man's sky. Um, it does, but like other things, I don't feel like it either goes too far or does not, have meaning to it but that again goes back to the fact that you know i play games certain type of games you i know, think you need to play whatever. wildermyth if wildermyth ever goes on sale i'm gonna buy it for you because uh <laughs> like a really low chance because i think you need to play it i think it might change your tune a little bit because that game the game literally focuses the procedural generation just on the characters and the narrative uh which is just like all the narratives are procedurally generated based on the types of characters you have in your group uh, and I, I'm telling you, I, I think it would, it would be a real, I don't want to say eye opener. I don't, I don't think you fail to understand things. I think it would be really like a, oh, moment for you on the procedural generation front. 
that being said, I I can't. You don't have it. I can't make you play it. But <laughs> but I do want to say uh, one of my favorite moments with procedural generation is State of Decay 2. I've played that a ton. I played that on the launch stream. And I think this actually factors into when I think procedural generation is at its absolute best, and that is generating random characters for you to play with. Uh, State of the K2 is amazing because you can actually, like, every character is procedurally generated, but the maps themselves are the same. The, the like, different scrap you can pick up from different places is different, but the maps themselves are the same, and the, the kind of main goal is the same. Uh, so you can have that, like, you're kind of telling the story in your own way sort of thing. Watch Dogs Legion did that, too. I actually think Watch Dogs Legion, for replayability, didn't go quite far enough in the procedural generation. Because once you were done with the story, you were done. And, like, that's the thing with State of K 2, is, like, every time you play, it kind of feels like a new adventure. Whereas with Watch Dogs, you've seen everything they have to offer, you know? Yeah. Um but State of K2, Watch Dogs Legion, the character generation is really cool. And I got to say, personally, from just a personal note, I am much more attached to a character that I play with and only I play with who I get to know personally, who I didn't see in a trailer, who I didn't like get inundated through, who Tom Holland isn't playing in a movie. You know, like, I, when I get those here's a character that's just for you. Uh, I get much more attached to them, much more attached to them, especially State of Decay, man. I get real feels when I lose some of my characters in there, and those characters are generated. Uh, the, the, it's when procedural generation is at its best. We had this character, uh, I did a lunch stream for a while with State of Decay, six playthroughs on State of Decay 2 was my lunch game. The character is literally still talked about by the fans of that game, and he is Brewski. His name was Brewski. He had a special skill recycling. <laughs> and so and he was part of a frat house originally before the apocalypse. So we just started like he became a character onto himself. We started calling him the recycle bro. And basically I would do this voice where I'm like, separate your cans, bro. You know, like that. Like and it just took on this thing. And when he died, like I remember the the, the stream in which he died, there was it was just like crickets. Everybody was really sad, like that kind of stuff. You don't get that kind of attachment when you watch Nathan Drake miss his jump to the car for the sixth time because of a quick time event you you missed. You know, you don't get that kind yeah. of attachment. Uh, but you get that attachment with like permadeath and like real characters that you're attached to. Another character I had. Phil Billy still totes him, and that's Beavers. We have this guy named Beavers. And uh, he and Brewski were like best friends. So we, one of our bases was a bar, and we literally called it Beaver and Brewski's Titty Bar. And all of that just comes <laughs> from the imagination that, that is just like put into motion because of the procedural generation. Yeah, and it works. It, it definitely works in a situation like that where uh it's there's you can have your story but the story isn't tailored to an individual yeah um and it, it does 100 percent start clashing if you have procedural generation mixed in with like a single player narrative story driven sort of situation then um, I mean, I, I guess that <laughs> I think you I, need I, to play Wilderman, but yeah. Okay. For the most part, I'll agree with I, that. 
Well, I get because I like I basically avoid these type of games for the most part. But what what is it like? What is a big like for you then? What is one time that didn't really work out at I, all or detracted from the situation? I actually don't like when procedural generation is used for guns. Uh, I I don't like the Borderlands gun generation system. I don't love loot drop systems. Uh, they they become very frustrating and annoying to me. Like a, a little bit of it is fine, but like I need ways to get around it. I would much rather craft my own weapons or craft my own devices. What I'd like is more of a of a system like what you were talking about, where we procedurally generate a bunch of parts. You get to take it back to a place and put the weapon together that you want and build the weapon out. I don't like having especially in borderlands and I, I like borderlands i'm a lover of borderlands this channel definitely knows that uh i don't like having to kill everything and then go through all the loot to see if it fits with my build and not be able to change any of it i don't like the fact that the loot that i had in the beginning doesn't can't travel with me i can't level it up i can't keep it because i like it you know like it eventually yeah. gets out leveled and i gotta trade it in like that was one thing that I actually really liked about Godfall. <laughs> Unfortunate that that game ended up being what it is. And how are they still releasing that? Can we just take a slight digression on Godfall? How is that still getting updates and re-releases? Guys, there's like three people playing that game. <laughs> who, who is greenlighting this thing to just keep getting re-releases? It's insane to me. That thing just came out for like the, the next gens. For like the fucking like a like an enhanced version, and a not a game of the year, but like you know like a special edition. Like I'm like, how is it? What are you? Who is paying you to work on this? Where are you getting the money? No one bought it. No one liked it. What is happening? Uh, but one thing it did good. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, I mean I was just gonna say I didn't know you were so gone with that because I was actually gonna the borderlands stuff but i mean if you had something else before we circle oh, back to that i did i did because i digressed a little bit on godfall one thing i liked about them is you could literally level up the weapon and while you couldn't always take it all the way to the end game uh you could take it really far you know and uh, uh it was very easy to get similar weapons too to then level those up higher uh, and you can't do that in Borderlands. Like I right now in Borderlands, I am level 17. I have a shotgun I love. I have a spell I love in Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. Yeah. I have a spell I love. I, those are the two things that I use. I'm level 17 though. They are eventually going to become not useful, and then I have to find some weapon that works with what I'm doing. I hate that with procedural generation. So if you're asking me when it fails, it's when it's just when it's item based and the item cannot be changed or manipulated in any way, shape or form. I don't love it. I don't love it because you're just you're playing RNG with the with the very basis of how you play the game. I don't like that. And it's funny you even mention that because whenever you uh, find those magical D20s hiding or sometimes Tina will say, RNG got nothing on you. And right. I, I have to say, like, if there's one gripe that I really have about that game, it's the loot drops. I don't know if it's just me being in a different headspace whenever I'm playing this as opposed to what I was with three. I get trash drops constantly. 
constantly. You know, what's weird, I, I, I haven't actually gotten as many trashes with Tiny Tina as I did with 3, to be honest. But the I, other thing is, too, is I feel like Tiny Tina... Tiny Tina, they balance the character classes a lot better so that things always kind of feel a little bit more effective. Uh, with Borderlands 3, it was real easy to get something that was just completely fucking useless. See, I, I thought the complete opposite is, like, I cannot count the amount of times that I've got, like, like in one area, we're at, like, 12 of the 15 magical D20s, and it's supposed to get you better shit right. every single time. I still, like, maybe randomly I'll find, oh, there's a better shield, I guess. But, like, outside of that, even, like, the big chests, whenever you open the big chests... We find nothing really? at all. Randomly, stuff will show up in the vending machines, which is like... I okay, actually have I found better stuff in the vending machines. I'll say that. They definitely... The vending machines got a little bit better. But, yeah, it, it's kind of like speaking to the overall. It's like the procedural generation that's item-based for that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. When, especially in a game that's all about, like using these guns that are being dropped and mm -hmm. melee weapons when that is solely based off of procedural generation that is completely random. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're basically at the whims of whatever ends up showing up for you as to yep. how effective your weapons and everything are going to yeah. be outside of, you know, the, the choices that you make with everything. Mm -hmm. Like it just, like I kind of feel like I've started to build around that sort of stuff, build my character around that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, I think we ju we just hit level ten, and okay. I'm playing spell shot. Okay. Um, I'm focusing strictly on cooldowns and reload. That's that fair. That is it. That is it because the weapons that I get are garbage half the time. Usually, usually they it's like a, a crossbow that holds one single bolt or something that holds like maybe three or four shots. So I want to be able to shoot and reload as fast as humanly possible. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I can equip two different spells, so I use those two different spells. That's how I primarily do my damage, basically. Right. Right. So, I mean, like I'm building my character around that. I would love to be able to do things like pour more into like to my ward or something along those lines, because Lord knows I'm fucking squishy as all shit. But <laughs> yeah, spell you know, shot's pretty squishy. Yeah, but at the same, it's like I don't I I, have to build around the guns. Well, I mean, in fairness, Borderlands has been a very build around the guns game for yeah. most yeah. of its career. That being said, I I haven't really noticed the severity of the problem you're speaking of, uh, not saying you're not having it. I'm just saying I haven't, I haven't noticed that problem. I have definitely noticed better drops in vending machines in my opinion. Um, but I haven't been necessarily building my character around the gun actually, because it's a clawbringer, which is kind of the weakest class, uh, according to all the prof professionals, uh, so to speak. Uh, but when I was playing my spell shot, I actually got a really good shotgun that was two shots. Uh, so that feat that it has where you just get that spell weaving uh, yeah. every every time you reload, like that that just made my fucking day. Um, um, that being said, let's let's move on just a bit. I want to f I want to hear a, a thing that doesn't have procedural generation, maybe a game, maybe uh whatever that you'd want to see it in that you think would benefit from a little bit of that uh pro gen so to speak uh 
you know what? I think uh, Need for Speed Underground. Bring back Need for Speed, the the Underground series. Okay. Do Need for Speed Underground three. Okay. Have the open world like you did before, and have just random procedural generated like cars that you can race. Did you ever play that game back in the day? Never played Need for Speed Underground. I was a Forza guy. <laughs> so what you were able to do is you have the open world, the city, you just drive around and you like find races and stuff like that. But when you're driving around, you can actually challenge people to race. Mm -hmm. So then it's an outrun race. You just need to get away from the person. It's a certain distance as fast as humanly possible. And it was controlled by like an AI, you know, right. Throw the procedural generation in that because that I feel like would be great. You know, it would kind of fit with the motif of it kind of works. Yeah. There's always somebody different driving around some city, especially some uh, a gearhead who's trying to, you know, yeah. to tune their vehicle and race it against other people. Yeah. Procedurally generated events in a race game would be really cool. To, I mean, they do do some of that stuff in Forza and stuff that that's a really cool. Uh, that's a really cool genre for it because you're not really narrative heavy anyway. Uh, right. So so it makes sense. Personally, uh, many will disagree with me, including you. I think Tiny Tina should have gone procedural generation, a much more procedural generation than it had. I think it was real time to change up not just a lot of the like – like they needed to fix a lot of like uh, quality of service sort of things. Uh, um, that being said, I think they could have really taken a shot at something a little bit different. I would have liked to see that narrative that they have be a little bit smaller and then it'd be more like a procedurally generated quest each time with, uh, you know, you could still have Ashley Birch doing the, the, the game mastering and stuff, but they did it with Wildermyth. You could very easily do it here. And I would have loved to see that, that unique experience every time I went in with my friends, kind of almost like a, like a dungeon being generated for me in the moment. I kind of feel like they should have done something like that. I, uh, they should still have the narrative part. I think they could have made that a little bit smaller uh, and and made it more about the procedural generation stuff. They do have a fair amount of end game procedural generation anyway because of the chaos chamber or whatever. I have not gotten yeah. to it yet, but uh, I know that they have that. I think they could have gone a little bit further than just basically be doing a better version of Proving Grounds and a better version of Borderlands 3 for the game, which is which is what it is, and it's good. I enjoy it. It's just I feel like they could have gone further and really taken a shot at a different genre. Yeah, and that, that actually kind of brings, brings up a – I can't remember – Diablo 3, were mm -hmm. some of the dungeons procedurally generated? I cannot say. I never really followed Diablo, in all fairness, so I don't know. Uh, if it was we... like... Because Torchlight, the Torchlight series has this mode where, like... Like, it's a dungeon crawl, you go through, like, 20 levels or whatever, and then when you get to the end, it opens up a procedurally generated dungeon that you could just keep running for more and more loot. Uh, so... It might have something like that. I'm not sure, though. I can't speak to that 100%. Yeah, because you had mentioned, like, a, a procedurally generated dungeon mm -hmm. in Tiny Tina's. I would have loved something like that. Yeah. You know, let's... I, I want a procedurally know, generated quest. Would, like, not even just... They do have a procedurally generated dungeon. That's the chaos chamber at the end. Oh, uh, that's I, what that is. I want procedurally generated narrative 
uh, for for Tiny Tina. Like that's what I would have liked to see because you're you're playing a game. The whole idea is you're playing a game inside a game. So get that motif of the role playing game of every time you're sitting down to play, you're playing a new quest with the game master. You know, I honestly I would have even gone one further, and this is kind of crazy, but I would have made a dungeon master mode, and I would have allowed people to actually like place the rooms and place the enemies and like upload their quests to the internet so that people could run them, you know? I would have liked something like that here, which is a little bit more than I think Gearbox was willing to shift. Uh, but yeah. uh, but still, I think that this was the time. I think they've got kind of a stale... Uh, kind of a... They've kind of gotten stale over the last, you know, five games. They've gotten a little bit stale. That being said, Tiny Tina does a lot to like really give you a better streamlined experience. I think tons of stuff they put in there, the character creator, the way they did the classes this time around, and the secondary class, and the way you can do builds, amazing. Uh, they definitely streamline a bunch of other stuff. There's also a lot of stuff in that game that is kind of shit, and I, I've talked to Phil Billy about it. I'm actually thinking about doing an extended review on it, which I very rarely do, just to talk about some of the, the other things. I mean... The UI is crap. You've already talked about your co-op problems with it. Yeah. Uh, the map is terrible. It's uh, an abysmal map. Uh, there's there's also a couple of like stat stuff. Like the Stabomancer is actually kind of useless when you really look at him uh, because of the way they do the math on their feet. Uh, stuff like that. There's there's some math stuff that's just not not like people are realizing that this is kind of broken. Um, so there's there is a lot of that stuff that's not great in there. I mean, I think there's a lot of stuff they did, but I feel like people would be a little bit more lenient on some of that stuff if they had taken a shot at a whole new genre. And I think procedural generation is the way to go in anything like this, where you're playing a game inside a game. You know, that's the perfect moment for it. You know. Mm. Um, all right. Do you got anything else to add to procedural generation? We can move to odds and ends. Uh, no, I don't think so. <clears throat> Uh, okay. And, and I, I said it before, if it ever goes on sale, I'm buying you Wilderman just because you have to play that game. It's like it, I didn't think they could do what they did in Wildermyth with procedural generation. Let me put it that way. I did not think the capability of procedural generation could accomplish what Wildermyth accomplishes, which is basically handcrafted narrative driven stories, completely and totally unique every time you play, which is insane. I didn't think they could do that with it, and they do it with it. So, uh, that being said, let's move on. Let's get to odds and ends, and uh, we'll be back in just a second. Horrible Gaming Podcast. All right, so that brings us to our third... Our third what? Our our third, third segment. What? Our third segment... <laughs> Odds and ends, our final segment. Basically, we just collect smaller news stories, don't necessarily deserve a talking point. We want to bring them to you. We want to tell you guys about them, and we want to riff on them a little bit. I only have two. Neil has somewhere between three and six. I never know. So we're going to let Neil start us off, Neil. All right. This one's kind of short and sweet, but not actually uh, sweet. Uh, Vicarious oh. Visions has uh, officially been assimilated into Activision Blizzard. Um, so goodbye, uh, Tony Hawk games, I guess we yeah. had, we had our remake. We had, we got our one and two remake. 
I thought and they were working on something else too, weren't they? I can't remember. I, I think there was something else. I just can't recall what it was. Why did they assimilate them? I mean, that was a popular studio. I don't understand I why no they idea. wouldn't leave them open. That's that's weird I no to idea. me. I feel like we're in a weird climate now. Just like ever since... I, I, it kind of started with Bethesda being bought, but especially mm-hmm. after the whole uh, Activision purchase yeah. announcement with Xbox. It's just been a weird buying spree with everybody. And I had seen too that there's also like rumors floating around that Sony has another one in the works that's like huge and Kojima was fucking with people and made people think that it was him for a minute and all this other stuff. Yeah, everyone's just buying everyone else. So give it two years. There's only going to be three companies. It's, it's imploding. It's It's been imploding yeah. lately. It's it's a bummer. It, it's a real bummer too. Coming in a year when we're gonna have probably some of the best games released that have released in a long time. We're already yeah. We're already in a banner year for actual quality releases, which is rare. Uh, and and just the, the whole fucking industry is eating itself. Um. All right. Yeah. Do you do you want me to go? Cause I got a depressing. Yeah. Go one. ahead. All right. This is a bummer one. That's a real shitty Yay. one. Xbox is apparently considering putting ads in free-to-play Xbox games. I saw that. What are we doing here, guys? What are we doing here with ads in games? I mean, you know what? I'll, I'll tell you how I'm okay when I'm okay with this. And here's when I'm going to be okay with ads in my free-to-play games. There might or not be one loot box, not one microtransaction. Mm-hmm. I better have access to every cosmetic. Like... You better not be trying to sell me any other goddamn garbage if I've got to fucking learn about Seth Curry's new cooking show uh, once every fucking 30 minutes. I- I'm, gonna, I'm telling you right now, like, I better not have to pay for anything else or I will not be playing those games. I'm not going to do it. I got to watch the fucking ads on my streaming services and it's always, it's always the same fucking ad over and over and over again. Yeah. Like, just over and over. I don't want to watch Outer Range. Sorry, Amazon. I don't care about Josh Brolin in Twin Peak Wild West. Don't give a shit. <laughs> Stop cramming it down my throat. Like, I know uh, years ago, people were kind of getting all in a tizzy about, like, oh, there's Pepsi billboards in my racing game. Like, that was already kind of, like, weird enough. But at that point, I was still, like, it's going to be a matter of time before this all just, like, I mean, it turns you... into, like, a consumeristic dystopia. And that's where we're headed now. I mean, hey. Street Fighter. Street Fighter Five. I don't know if you remember this. Uh, a while ago, they started doing like Capcom Pro Tour branding and shit that they were just smearing all over like characters mm-hmm. and the arenas and shit like that. And it's like nobody wants it. And oh, well, you have the option to turn it off, but it's like, well, it's that's dumb. that's it bullshit distracts. because that game wasn't free to play, right? Like you paid for that. Street Fighter Five, yeah, it's right? it's got a weird it's got a weird model. It's not it is not free to play, but it's got a, Here's a my lot thing. of the stuff with it. You want to put a banner in the background? Okay. You want to you want to give me an optional Coke outfit? Okay, fine. I don't mind that. What I don't like is if the play stops for a fucking thirty second ad. That's when I'm gonna be pissed. Like they'll put it on loading screens. 
that's we don't need low. I got an SSD. I don't need. I don't that's even have the thing. They're yeah. gonna. They're gonna artificially. They're gonna artificially that's, insert That's it. the kind of stuff that will piss me off. That's yeah. what I'm talking about. Like if the game has to be broken up so that I can learn about what's coming out on Netflix, I'm gonna be very upset. I just am. Like like I don't mind like. I mean, I don't even mind Kojima's bullshit one where Monster was just fucking everywhere in that game. I don't even mind that. Like, fuck it. The guy likes Monster. I get it. If you made a video game about me, he'd drink a lot of Coca-Cola. So I get it. Uh, like, that's fine. If you can work it into the story or you can put it in the background, I don't give a shit about that. It's not going to affect my play. But when you're affecting the actual game to stick an ad in, it's garbage. And I don't want it. I don't yeah. want it at all. And if and that's not free to play either. Right. Um so uh in the continuing story that I cannot help but follow, uh <laughs> Babylon's fall has hit an all new low. <laughs> what is that uh, now? Take a wild guess at its new low. What was that 300 last time? So I'm going to say 20. As of <laughs> April 13th, its lowest concurrent player count was eight. Wow, I was joking. That's rough. What, we, uh, what do we, uh, so what are we doing here? How much long? Like, we've talked before about, like, yeah. live service and, like, don't abandon it, don't ditch right. it, but... What they need to do at this point is do like Final Fantasy. What was it? Fourteen did pull the entire plug and then redo everything it. and redo it. Okay, so this is a tough situation. This is a tough topic for me to talk about because I because I'm I'm of both minds on this. The hypocrisy knows no bounds. Because <laughs> uh, on one side, I am. I don't like it when companies give up on games. I don't like it when they quit because there's somebody out there who that's their favorite game, and they're looking forward to DLC and content, and they're not going to get it because the game gets quit on. You know, like, hey, Mass Effect Andromeda for me. I like it. Don't care, internet. I loved it. I loved the game. I thought it was good. Don't care, Neil. I loved it. That being said, we didn't get any of the promised DLC, the DLC that was literally hinted at in the game because nobody liked it and they quit on it. Um, so, so on one side, I'm there. On the other side, it's the Godfall kind of thing. Like, what the fuck are we doing with this game anymore? Nobody's playing this. Why are, why are you keep releasing it? Like, I don't understand. Um... So here's what I think. Here's what I think. Babylon's Fall has not done a substantial update since its release. It is still really, really early in its uh, life. Like it's only yeah. been out for like a like two three months, weeks I now. Think. Two months. Two months. Still, I that's think. that's pretty early. <clears throat> I think what you do, you buckle down, you do a huge update, you put a lot of content out there, and then you see if your numbers go up. And if they go, don't go up then maybe you start to walk away. But give those people who, like, really committed to it a chance to get something out of it. Because you, even at only eight people, those eight people who are playing it, those people love it, and they deserve something. Uh, and you promised it to them. I mean, the other thing is, too, here's the other issue 
in this is we're not talking about a normal release here. We're not talking about a Mass Effect Andromeda release. We're talking about a games as service. This is a game that is literally released on the promise of content. That is what a games as service is in the modern era. It is a game on the promise of more game, of multiplayer experience. Like that's what it is. The the people who bought into this game they did they bought into the content that was coming just as much as the content that's there you know mm -hmm. and i think that like to desert them right off the bat is wrong but at the same time you can't do this forever you can't do this forever you got to walk away right. at some point so i i would say i would say they they should do one update see what happens then they might need to start cutting and, and lossing i mean you remember how bad anthem did and Anthem still had like three updates after release, like three major content drops after release before they they cut it. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, I think that I think that they should still give it the college try at this point. Uh, I think I think there's a bigger argument for Godfall not to be returned to, being as though it is like two years old and it sucks ass, and I don't know why they're still releasing stuff for that uh, than it would be for Babylon's Fall, which is only two months old. Yeah, I mean, I definitely 100% uh, think that they should at least give it a try. Yeah, I mean... To do something, but, like, at the same time... I mean, uh, I get where you're coming from. It's it's failing, but... It, yeah. But you're, the game that you promise to give people isn't just, like, a one-and-done. It's not a $60, right. here it is. You were giving them... A new world. You were giving them, a you know, a World of Warcraft. You're giving them something that they that was promised to be given more content. So like, I don't know that you could just walk away from that right off the bat. You know, you just put too much eggs in that basket. You know. Yeah. Uh, I only have one more. I don't know how many you got. All right. Uh, I have two. Okay. Uh, we'll go ahead with another one, and then I'll do one. Mine All is right. simple and quick, too. Uh, so, uh, the uh, Bethesda.net launcher is going to be shutting services, mm -hmm. uh, and it's going to be allowing everybody to transfer their stuff over. Uh, so, yeah, I guess Bethesda kind of... Well, I don't think it was necessarily Bethesda. I think it might be more Microsoft yeah. than anything else. But uh, they're shutting that down and just allowing everybody to migrate their game their games as well as their saves and everything else over to steam which is cool i'm glad you know they're giving people the option especially like transferring the games themselves because they technically i mean are within their rights to say ah well yeah. we can't do it no more we're shutting it down so buy it again i do like <laughs> it I, I think that there is a problem with it, uh, and that is that they're allowing them to move it to Steam. Why wouldn't they be allowing them to move it to Microsoft, to the to the Game Pass front? Like that's weird that's to me. That's true. That like it's true. it's really weird to me that they're letting them move it to a third. Like I think they should have the ability to move it to Steam, but uh, I w I'm kind of surprised that they can't move it to Microsoft or Games Pass. That's that's weird, in my opinion, especially since they're owned by that company. All in all, Bethesda.net is a terrible launcher. It's a piece of shit system, and uh, anybody on it will be much happier with Steam, in my opinion. Yes. 
I do agree. Uh, I it, I did not think about the about the fact that they just could have just brought it over to uh, to Microsoft. Well, um, and all those games are on Game Pass, right? So like, it's it's kind of weird to me that like they would like, you, all right, you can move it from here to Steam, but not the Game Pass PC. Even though all the games are already on Game Pass, they wouldn't have to shell out any money. You know, like they wouldn't because they're already there. Like I, I'm right. very confused by this decision, because ba- because Beth- Bethesda is going to have to pay Steam for everybody who moves it. Like that, that that's the way that's going to have to work. Right. I'm sure there's some sort of like agreement <laughs> in place, but but they're going to have to pay them for that. Like they're going to have to basically purchase the game on their nut. They wouldn't have had to do that if they moved to Microsoft. And I don't understand why. They Why didn't. they're doing? It. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't understand. I don't understand. Uh, all in all, though, I think it's good. It's good. I, I like that they're able to move it. It is a rare moment of uh, logical kindness from a company that doesn't happen nowadays. Right. Uh, yeah. So what do you got? My last one is uh, Ghost of Tsushima has received its last planned update. The game will no longer receive updates, patches, or DLC moving forward. I'm assuming Sucker Punch is going to move on to something else. Maybe the sequel to Ghost of Tsushima. Maybe a different game. Who knows? But uh, last planned update usually means everybody stops working on that game at the company. Uh, that yeah. being said, I would assume that they're going to have some sort of team monitoring the multiplayer stuff that they released a while back. Uh, but other than that, uh, Ghost of Tsushima, not a dead game by any means, but it is no longer receiving any new content, uh, which leaves them free to do something else. Yeah, uh, apparently people are already calling for Ghost of Tsushima too. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. We live in a franchise world. Oh God! Sorry, I keep having a. You're fine, man. You're fine, man. Off to the side. We'll get this show done. Everybody get some sleep. What's your last one? Uh, my last one uh is back to Activision. Uh, so apparently, there are accusations that Governor of California Gavin Newsom had begun interfering in the uh, Activision case that has since been settled. Uh-huh. Uh, basically, uh, it's it's on, I'm looking at it right now on Bloomberg to get exactly the breakdown of what is alleged. Uh, but his office began to interfere with the suit and repeatedly demanded advance notice of litigation strategy and the next steps in litigation. Basically, whenever they found out what uh, Activision was going to do uh, on the legal front in regards to all of this, uh, he, you know, just wanted to develop counter strategy immediately. Um, it's just it's it's a lot of uh, politics shit. Don't get me wrong. I want Activision to get their comeuppets. Uh, that also said. I I don't think that this is the right way to go about doing it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, everybody wants Activision to go down. I, I'm not going to fight that, but no. I mean, it's it's just it's a sad reality we live in. They're not. They're not going right. to go on. I mean, we're not it's, we don't live in a society that does that to rich people. So 
Uh, unfortunately, there's just there's nothing else. I I don't want to talk about Activision, so I'm just gonna. Yeah. Thank no, you for the news story. <laughs> we can move on because I just I'm so sick of talking about them. Um. All right. Well, uh, that's it. You want to end this bad boy early? Sure. All right. Horrible Gaming Podcast. All right, everybody. Brings us to the end of the show and the shameless self-promotion that comes with it. A little bit early today. I'm all right with that. Uh, but, Neil, do you have anything special you want to plug? Uh, well, that's going to be two separate things here. One, I guess this might be the last plug of it, but Halo Infinite Road has infinited its last road I, I don't know where i was going with that uh but <laughs> we finally finished that off as anticlimactically as we began it <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah uh, technical issues we, all the way technical issues i still to, for the life of me don't know what happened with computer my computer completely froze master the game chief froze up master yeah. fucking chief collection happened the same thing that happens every <laughs> goddamn time the stream still worked i was you know still streaming i couldn't get out of the game anyway i had to flick the power the power off on my power supply on my computer <laughs> lord knows what the hell even happened uh i but, did avenge you, know, you and cody uh okay. <laughs> very before I went down, I, I fought for some time. I was good at Flood Firefight. I don't know why. Yeah, you always you always come come correct on Firefight. I come correct, um, bitches. Boom! But, Here comes uh, a boom! Uh, Ready or not! Just a voice for the South. Uh, Only people that, who's gonna watch the stream who have watched the stream will understand that one. Yeah, no, they won't if they haven't seen the stream. <laughs> um but uh, the other thing that I was uh, kind of uh, wanted to mention here, I had mentioned before about I may start streaming here completely yes. randomly, sporadically mm-hmm. soon. Um, this week, go figure, is a shit week for it. Uh, I have schoolwork on top of uh, a lot of scheduling things, and uh, it, my wife and I's anniversary too. So. I will probably not be doing it this week. Might be able to get around to it next week. But I'm 90% sure the first stream is probably going to be Street Fighter 4. Yay! Um, That'll be fun. That'll be a lot of action. Yeah. Yeah, there will. If I can, Uh, I will tune in. Yeah, I uh, probably... I'm pretty bad at watching streams, but I will try (laughs) to. That's fine. I'm much better at streaming than watching streams. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm probably going to run through just the main arcade mode just to cuz I haven't played in a hot minute just to get break off all that rust from uh <laughs> have your not chat up. In a hot minute. I, I have now. your chat up. I know now. I know how to do it now, which is more important. <laughs> uh okay, cool man. Everybody look out for that. Uh for me, I do want to plug if if you want to watch me just totally butcher a game. Uh, I am game mastering the fourth episode of Star Trek Axiom. I don't think anybody likes it, but I'm gonna keep doing it till they kick me out. So, <laughs> uh, for Star Trek Axiom, you can check out the live stream on Aether Dios's Twitch Wednesday night 9:30. That's A E T H U E R D 
EU yes the EUS something like that um, in any case 9.30, I always share it, so just watch our Twitter and Facebook and stuff uh, if you want to watch it live. If you do not want to watch it live and you would watch want to watch the VOD uh, where you cannot talk to us, but we cut out, I cut out all the like extraneous stuff, you can check our channel here on Old Man Gaming uh, on Friday morning at 8 a.m. Um, as far as streaming goes, I think I'm going to be streaming No Man's Sky again. I'm really enjoying the update, and I need a reason to play it, so probably on Twitch sporadically. Then, of course, the normal streams, Amateur Hour, Tuesday night, lunch stream, uh, Wednesday morning, and uh, yeah, that's about it. Uh, we are basically a streaming channel. I am sorry to any Prelude to Divorce fans. We've had two weeks off. It has been kind of a crazy month, but we are going to get back into it this week, I think, so... Just bear with me. And then I do, of course, have the recent update for No Man's Sky review up a la Monday. So just keep your eyes peeled. We do what we can do when we can do it, I guess, is the best way to say it. I think, too, one thing I want to do coming up, Neil, is uh, so I recorded half of OMGW Season 4, which is just it's just not doable anymore. Like, the new game has come out. I'm not going to release an entire machinima series from a game that's like four years old uh but i think i might stream all and and just me put my face up and watch the matches and tell everybody what the story would have been so keep your eyes open for that i kind of want to do that i also kind of want to start a show which i would watch out for if i were you guys where basically i mean if you want more me which i don't know why you would but I want to do a, a show called Pitch It. Basically, what I want to do is I want to basically just pitch video game ideas. Pitch video game ideas from you. From my mind to the internet, throw it out there. Uh, and I will take requests. So anything, any game you want to see me pitch, any specific genre, anything like that, hit the comments below. I'm going to try and do the first episode this week and get it up. There'll be short series probably. I'm going to say 10 minutes and they'll end up being 20. But... Uh, yeah, I, I loved the Horrible Arena, it, and and j I just like pitching games, so I'm just going to keep doing that. All right, that's it. That's it for the plugs. We're going to get the fuck out of here. Uh, thank you guys for watching. You can contact us on Facebook at OldManGamingDH, on Twitter at OldManGaming9. You can join our Discord. Links in the description below. Influence this and all of our shows from there. And ladies and gentlemen, as long as you keep watching and listening, we will keep making it. See you guys next time. We are done. It's the shortest show in a while. Yeah, it is. I'm alright with that. I'm tired. <laughs> e Easter with a five-year-old. She's so yeah. hopped up on sugar. I imagine. And I can say this and even get it in because I know she will never listen to it. My sister-in-law is a fucking lunatic when she does holidays. She had 73 eggs worth of candy Oh my god. For Stella and Stella's cousin Aubrey, who is one and a half. Like Oh my god. There is like like fourteen pounds of candy upstairs. It's ridiculous. Plus, then the Easter bunny, you know, 
the yeah. Easter Bunny had to also give her candy, and she had an egg hunt at school, which was nice. She got to do an egg hunt with other kids, and we didn't have to like organize an egg hunt that way. But it's so much candy. This kid just ate candy. And, like, we would tell her to stop, and we'd see her sneaking candy because it's everywhere. It's all over our house. It's just fucking everywhere. Oh, my God. This kid was so hopped up. She would just she just had the tablet, and she'd just put it on the floor and put on something with music in it and just start, like, kicking and punching and, like, doing, like, Daddy, look! Daddy, look! Daddy, look! And I'm just sitting there in pajama pants, like, please, please, I love you so much. Just... Stop making noise for 10 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, so we, uh, uh, Kayla's dad brought us over. Just, it, it wasn't even like a basket, it was a small plastic tub <laughs> full, <laughs> full of chocolate and gummies. And and, and there's like, there's a case of hug jugs in the bottom of it. I'm like, hug jugs. This, Fuck you get hug jugs from? Are we four, bro? Yeah, it was hype for him. I mean, I'm I haven't tried, I haven't had hug jug in. It's a weird thing to receive as a gift as an adult (laughs) from another adult. Okay, it just is. I'm with you on that. But my sister-in-law also gave Stella this egg, this dinosaur egg. I don't know if you've ever seen these. They're like these big clay eggs. And then you yeah. like you you rip them open and then you have to chip them away and inside there's little dinosaur toys like it's like fossiling. Oh, okay. Sounds great on paper. This is the messiest, hardest work I have ever done because she couldn't have gotten into that egg to save her life. I had a butter knife. I'm like stabbing this fucking thing in a tub. Clay is going all over my house. It's on me. <laughs> We're using water, which is making everything worse. It turns into this paste. Then we got to count to make sure we got all these stupid little fucking dinosaurs out of there. Oh, my God. I mean, it was a great idea. I'm not knocking my sister-in-law for that one, but holy shit. I was so I was so upset by the time it was done, and then and then we're done. I'm exhausted. We've gotten them all out, but now we gotta clean the dinosaurs out. We gotta get rid of the clay. We gotta clean out the container, the clay. I had to basically sweep and mop all my floors because there's clay everywhere. I had to take a shower. I had to take a shower. <laughs> oh man, Easter, Easter. <laughs> 